kind of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it and what were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Welcome one, welcome all to Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and of course on PSN Radio. With me as always is my co-host, Mr. Alan Weiler. How you doing, Alan? Oh, it feels like a Monday, but I am coping because guess what? It's time to take off tomorrow. Yes. Tonight is my my fun time with you tonight and then I get to catch some Z's and see what the alien or the elf or the whoever brought me what in the morning. That was weird. Anyway, the rest of us are <laughs> going to be celebrating Christmas tomorrow. Happy holidays, everybody, from Skywatchers Radio. I know Alan here doesn't really enjoy the Christmas holiday as Oh, I do, I do. Most the of song us. that I sing though some is of us. Now- you know, the song I sing is Douse the Halls with Gasoline. Fa la 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 la. Strike a match and watch them gleam. Fa la 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 la. Not that I have any arsonist tendencies this week. I'm just singing there. Please don't hold it against me if anything come, catches on fire in anybody's house while they're listening to this show. By the way, if you guys have any critical mail you want to send us, <laughs> any hate mail, you could direct it to alanweiler <laughs> at gmail.com. Okay, so I had a little bit too much eggnog. I'm sorry. I think so. With us uh, tonight, we're going to actually have a couple guests uh, later on. We're going to have in the second hour, Mr. Paul Dale Roberts is going to join us. He is a worldwide renowned investigator. He investigates everything from the paranormal to ufology, which is kind of like what we want to do here on the show, right, Alan? Yes, absolutely. So that's cool. We're going to have him on, and we're going to talk about everything that he's been investigating for the last few months. I haven't actually talked to uh, Paul Dale Roberts in a few months, so I'm really you know eager to catch up with him and see what he's been working on. This guy always has really cool things that he uh, he's investigating, so I think you're going to get a real kick out of listening to uh, what he's up to next. And we're going to have the premiere of one of our uh, roving reporters here on Skywatchers Radio a little bit later on, uh, within the next few minutes, actually. Dr. Joseph Mara is going to join us. Now, you might ask yourself, who's Joseph Mara? Well, Dr. Joseph Mara is actually a doctor. He really is a doctor, psychiatrist, and he had a practice for a long time where he did, you know, aggression therapy, and he's going to get more into uh, his background. I don't want to give too much away because then, you know, he will have nothing to say later. But let's just say that he turned <laughs> his sights into ufology, and he was the host of a really cool show called Universal Talk Radio, which was around for a couple of years. Really, really cool show, and it was a very popular show for a, a pretty good while on the internet. Um, yeah, he had some really good listenership then. He really did. He hasn't done that show in a while. He might come back to radio, you know, full-time now, but he's going to join us once a month, and he's going to give us a special Universal Talk report. 
and uh, it's going to be really cool having him on here, it, you know, at least once a month to talk to us about ufology. And, you know, it's interesting people like that that kind of like always get to me, uh, Alan, when I'm talking to, you know, people who are doctors and who did something, you know, medical or, or something in completely away from the UFO community or the UFO or ufology. But then they were so interested in this subject that they kind of like gravitated back to, to this subject. And he has a couple of really cool videos that he sent me earlier this week. Uh, which is shows some sky watches that he's done, and he's captured some pretty cool stuff, man. I, I'm sorry I didn't get him to you on time, Alan, but uh, it's it was okay. Some re- I'll cope. Really cool stuff. I'll send you a, a link here in a couple minutes. You can check it out while we're on air. I'm um, wondering, does he use the night vision stuff. cameras, or is he just using regular cameras to do some sky watching? He's definitely using night vision cameras. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait to ask some, him yeah. what generation night cameras he's using. I mean, because... at least the footage I saw it looked like it was night vision cameras. So might be wrong, but it looked like it. What was the color, black and white or green? Uh, well, some of them was black and white. Oh, okay. So yeah. maybe, well, let's find out, Dom. I'm excited. I want, I want to hear and see what he's got. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, fun uh, having him on the show. And again, he's going to join us once a month to talk ufology, which is going to be really cool. We're going to have roving reporters like that. Like, In fact, uh, we just con- uh, confirmed uh, Tim Schwartz of Conspiracy Journal is going to be on with us. He's going to talk uh, to us. He's going to give us his Conspiracy Journal report. Once a month, Sweet. which is going to be awesome. Tim, uh, Tim is a really cool guy. He's actually one of the co-hosts on the show The Outer Edge, which is a, a really cool show just starting up now. He was co-hosting Unraveling the Secrets for the last couple of years, and uh, him and uh, Mike Sh- and Mike Mott, which is going to be another roving reporter for us on the show here, it's uh, uh, going to co-host together The Outer Edge. Really cool stuff. Sounds like sounds like we got a nice lineup that keeps on growing and growing. Thanks to us being on this wonderful network here. Yeah, no and kidding. obviously all the listeners. And you guys better keep on listening to help us get more people you can listen to. That's right. Now, Paul Dio Roberts. When we get to him later on, he's really going to. I'm telling you, he's going to surprise a lot of people. This guy. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a little bit about Paul Dio Roberts. Okay, uh, he was born in California. He has an associate's degree in criminology. In 1977, the year I was born, Roberts, for one year, was a firefighter with the California Division of Forestry. Uh, Not kidding you, he was a firefighter. Uh, In 1973 to 1976, he served in the U.S. Army. Hmm. I mean, this guy's been around. He served in Germany, working under uh, narcotics from 1979 to 1986. Roberts served in U.S. military intelligence. Uh, working at PIC-K, which stands for, uh, fo- it's PIC-K, P-I-C-K, and that stands for Forder Interpretation Center in Korea. Sounds like this guy's got a resume. We're going to love picking all sorts of questions, ufology-related and non-ufology-related, uh, exactly. that we can throw at him. I mean, like I said, he's one of the best guests to get on any of these shows because he has so much knowledge when it comes to this subject. And I really urge anybody who's listening in on either Dark Matter Radio Network or on PSN Radio, if you want to talk to uh, to Paul Dale Roberts when he gets on later on in the second hour, please do so. I know it's Christmas, and you know, a lot of people are going to be with their kids celebrating the holidays and doing all the gifts and all that good stuff. But if you if you want to spend a minute on the air with a really, really good investigator into this subject, this is a guy to call in and ask a couple questions. Uh, Paul Dale Roberts. I've known him for a couple of years, and he really is one of the best guests to have on. Um, you're going to get a kick out of him. You really are. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Now, there is some new stuff that we do, do want to share with the audience. I know you had an article that you wanted to talk about that you brought uh, to my attention fact, earlier. Yeah, uh, I, I found it really, really interesting uh, that uh, Russian uh, newspaper is saying that we all have to watch out for the possibility of an impact from one of the remnants of ISIN 
uh, huh. in the Atlantic, which I found like, really? Do you think that's really going to happen? And uh, I'm actually curious to see what other people uh, think about that. Well, that, it's a possibility. I mean, I mean, we're sky watchers. Who's yeah. seeing what coming our way? Anybody? Anybody? Not Bueller? Really. Bueller? Anybody? <laughs> I mean, you would think at this point there, that some amateur astronomer would have seen some kind of a debris you know, coming our way. Well, not now, necessarily uh, so. If it's black and you're looking at the black sky, you well, might not see it. That's true. That's true. But how big is this object? I mean, do they say how big they think it might be? have no idea because we can't track all the remnants that are heading this way. I mean, if it's something the size of a golf ball or the size of, I don't know, a football, well, if it's, it's a not golf really that dangerous. Ball, I, I, it'll I never make it through, gonna, you know? Yeah. I don't really think we're going to have a problem with that. Right. Little golf ball object, that's not going to hurt us. Now, if it's the size of a golf cart, that's a whole other thing. Well, no, but wouldn't that, most of that, it'll burn in reentry. Well, if it's the size of a golf cart, by the time it actually gets through our atmosphere, depending on the angle, um, I think it could, you know, depending on how it's coming at us, you know, it might be, might not be. I don't know. I'm not the rocket scientist here. This is true. We have to get a rocket scientist. You know what? We should get Stan Freeman on. He's a rocket scientist. And nuclear physicist. Wait a minute, is he a nuclear physicist and a rocket scientist, or just a nuclear physicist? I wasn't sure. I think he's both, and he's just a really smart guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Man, he's so... He's one of the... You know, I've had him on a couple times, and he's one of the few guests that I've had on that when I interview him, I prepare a lot of notes for him (laughs) because he is so much smarter than I am, and I know I can never keep up with this man, and just hearing him talk, I feel like really, really... Like behind IQ wise, just listening to the man speak. So, uh, brilliant, brilliant mind, Stan Freeman. Love having yeah, him. Yeah, he could, he can run circles awesome around guys. us like you wouldn't believe. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just like I said, just I could ask him a question. I could just stay quiet for like an hour because I know he's he's, <laughs> he's good. He's gonna he's gonna give me some really great knowledge. He's gonna tell me something that I didn't know, and he's gonna be very entertaining. I am sure. So yeah, it stands for me. I've met the man. I met him. I've met him actually uh, when I was in Roswell for the 60th anniversary. uh, Ah, that's right. uh, Of the incident, we'll just call it the incident. The incident. The incident that's had many stories. (laughs) Which is also where I had met uh, Jesse Marcel Jr., not the third. um, Right. Which was actually really, really interesting. And uh, by the way, don't forget, guys, we actually had him on the radio uh, last week, which is also an audio that you can actually find on YouTube on our website. Uh, You can find a link there. So if you guys are new to the show or you missed last week, don't forget, you can always listen to past episodes of ours. I'm sorry I'm plugging us there. No, that's a good job by you, my friend. Actually, yeah, the the website uh, for YouTube is youtube.com, and you can just look up Skywatchers Radio TV. And I'll tell you, by the way, there was a lot of listeners, according to the ratings, that we get the numbers of uh, a day later. So, by the way, everyone who listened, thanks. Uh, Great thing. Keep on listening and tell people. I got a lot lot of really good feedback from uh, Jesse Marcel's uh, interview. A really great guy to talk to, a really nice guy. I mean, I really uh, had a pleasant time with him. I mean, he's really, really a good guy. He was really good people. It, It was interesting to learn things about uh, his grandfather that were not UFO-related and what right. a powerful man he was and how dedicated he was and how how he gave more of himself to the military than a lot of other people did. And his father, too. I mean, his father, of course, he was in the, in True the medical department, but I mean, his father went to two tours. He went back in, in, in Afghanistan. I mean, you know, 
at his age, he actually went over there and helped uh, incredible people. I mean, the, the Marcel family is just a an incredible family. And uh, Jesse Marcel III is carrying on that legacy, and it's really cool to see that he is, you know, carrying on uh, what his his grandfather and his father stood for. So hopefully he will get to see disclosure. That's the one thing that, sadly enough, Jesse Marcel Jr. never really got to see, even though him and his father pushed forward with everybody else with the Stephen Bassett's of the world and the Stephen Greer's, but they, they, you know, he never got to see disclosure. Hopefully his son, Jesse Marshall III, gets to see it. That would be a nice thing, and I think we should all try to do what we can do to let make that happen. Yeah, I want to see disclosure, for crying out loud. Why not? I mean, well, there's nothing wrong with wanting to see disclosure, just convincing the powers that be to actually do the disclosing that's where the problem lies. You know, here, here's a question. I've, I don't think I've ever had this conversation with you, Alan, and I want to ask you this. How do you feel about Stephen Hawking's, uh, you know, claims that we should be careful, that if we, uh, you know, do communicate with aliens, that they might be hostile, they might come down here and, and try to wipe <laughs> us off the map? Uh, you, you know? know what, what do you think it, about those claims? Okay. I mean, it, Okay, okay. He's a bright guy. He's a smart dude. Absolutely, he's a bright guy. And here's what I got to say to that. I think he's right. And let me explain my logic in that. Okay, Um, go for it. I was just watching the other night with the girlfriend and her kids the movie Battleship. The rip off of the Hasbro um, game Battleship. Right, yeah. yeah, Which Um, I still don't understand why that had to do with aliens because – Game had um, nothing to do with aliens. I don't. I don't the, get it. Well, actually, how the aliens were, fi- how we were finding the aliens. I don't know if anybody saw the movie or not. I'm not giving any spoilers. Trust me, there really are no spoilers here. It's the typical aliens find us, aliens want to destroy us. But you know yeah, something? It is. It's it. It was it was a cool special effects movies. If they did it a little bit differently, they could have just put on a couple of Transformers logos and Decepticon logos, and you would have had a great Transformers movie right there. But all that said, the whole movie's premise was is that we sent out signals looking for life on other planets, and the response we got was not friendly. And one scientist in particular at the beginning of the movie had said, you know, if the aliens actually uh, do contact us, it's going to be like Christopher Columbus coming to America. The Indians are going to get totally destroyed and slaughtered, and we're the Indians. Now, wouldn't it be really ironic if the aliens do come down here and the ship lands like on the White House lawn, just like everybody wants it to land, and it's a huge mothership? Yeah, but hold on. No, hold, I, on. I, I, hold on. It's a huge mothership, right? And the first thing you see that walks out of that ship is like a 30-foot Native American-looking alien. Oh, Quetzalcoatl or whatever the that hell. That would be that epic. Thing. I mean, at that point, we'd just look at each other and be like, well, America, we had a good run. Well, well my <laughs> they're, they're back is... for their land, you know. Okay, well, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> well, here's, here's another question, though. What makes you think that it's they're going to land to announce themselves on the White House lawn? Don't forget how many different countries and how many different states and nation states there are in the world. Why We, we might not be the – in my opinion, I don't even think – that we're the primary superpower anymore, but that's just my opinion with everything yep, that's going yeah, on. Yeah, but see, my, my joke works better when well, they land on the front house lawn. You know, it wouldn't work if they don't land on well, the lawn. My, you see what I'm saying? True. Well, my whole thought on this <laughs> is is that 
if aliens do come a knocking, um, we should be prepared to significantly defend ourselves. Um, you know, the whole thing is, is that the only, how can I phrase this? If there are any planets out there with life, which we all, all, everyone who's listening believes, odds are they already have a one world government that controls everything, that allows everybody to unite and pull all their resources together. Sounds like, uh, sounds like something someone in this world is trying to do. Uh, but combine the entire world to go spacefaring. The problem is, is that we war amongst ourselves so much that we unfortunately cannot combine all of our resources and really get to the stars. It's going to take the combined united Earth to really reach for the stars. And unfortunately, there's too many problems and too many politics that's not going to allow that to happen. I gotta so, say, I agree. I agree hundred percent with that. Uh, it really is going to take a united uh, world to be able to reach the the stars and to reach not only the stars but to go beyond our galaxy and really travel deep, deep, deep in space. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Can, can you imagine yeah. if all the technologies that are buried out there by all these different governments are at least collated and collected by a great, brilliant think tank? And actually try and see who has what and what can be pieced together between each other. God only knows what we would be capable of in this yeah, world this is, and outside this, of this world. This is where it gets kind of dangerous, that kind of talk, because, because people are going to say, well, that kind of sounds like some New World Order talk to me. You're right, it does. That's the problem. Ah. That's the biggest problem. That's a double-edged sword, because when you start talking like that, <laughs> people are like, well, so you're just promoting the New World Order, aren't you? But, and but you, hold on, in hold a on. way, you you can are. It is a new world order, sort of. It, it it's a global. It is, but it, you know the whole problem is is everybody's scared of a a new world order based on what information has been given to us so far, right? Of what they want to do to us. The problem is is that our you know we're all scared that that's actually what could. Sorry, heartburn. Uh, that's what could happen. Unfortunately, that's all we know about the New World Order. Now, if we actually ended up with some one world government that not – I don't want to say socialize and combines everybody's resources, but at least combines the knowledge of all the countries of what's available and what's out there, we've got to be capable of more than what's being done now. God only knows what solutions are already designed and ready to be implemented, but because of politics in this world, they're not being done. I'm sorry. I'm done with my rant. Well, here's another question for you. How how would you think or would you actually believe if I told you that I think those steps are already being taken or taken – uh, by the superpowers and the powers that be, and uh, we're just uh, in the blind because we are to them the sheeple. Um, I would say. How would that you take that? I I would say that I don't believe that um, that information is being put in the blind, combined and collated, um, and the sheeple just don't know about it because there are too many smart people that are in the public um, that might be considered sheeple, but still have the knowledge and the resources to 
lend some input and lend some help. Right. To well, you, you have to get you have to get to that point where you have the monetary sustaining your you know your your ability to be able to get to that point to actually are able to cross those lines and talk to the people in the know. They have to have a lot of money, basically. You have to have billions and billions of dollars. But my thing is, I think that the the echelon of like the top top trillionaires in this world are already making those moves to unite the world in that mm. sense for a future society that is one world government. And that is the new world order. No matter how you cut it, people are going to look at it as a new world order movement. But I think that's already been happening for a very long time. Why else do you think that, or do you see stuff like Obama shaking hands with Raul Castro? And you know, there is already movements to kind of tear down all those walls between communism and and you know democracy and you know it it, it all is all going to start becoming just one thing eventually. And even in this country, they've been saying for the last what ten years that we're going left. We're going to the left, right? No, it's just everything's going to the center. Everybody's going to be one religion, one government. That I don't know if it's an unfortunate thing or if it's a fortunate thing, but I think that really is coming. New world order, man. I don't know, but speaking of Castro, a fun, interesting thing found uh, I found in the news the other day was, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, it is now the the restrictions on the uh, government, in, the restrictions the government in Cuba actually implemented about automotive uh, vehicles where you need to get a permit and you need to get pay the government and all that. Um, they just started to lift. So now cars that are made after 1957 are now being able to be purchased by the general public. Yep. Like so, I said, it's all starting to change, my friend. It's all starting to change. And I'm telling you, the, the people behind the scenes are already making that move on purpose to unite the world into a one-world government. Call it the New World Order. No matter what you want to call it, some people call it progression. Hey, we're advancing, right, in, in a sense. So you can call it, hey, we're progressing. It's an evolution. It has to happen. You know, no government stays the same forever. You know, Rome didn't stay Rome, the superpower forever. Eventually, mm-hmm. something else came along. And that's probably going to end up happening. Now, is it something that we're all going to want? Who knows? Is yeah, is it something that we're all going to be cool with? I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know. You know, I think our roving reporter, Mr. Joseph Marrow, might actually have something to say about that. And we're going to have him on here in a couple minutes. Uh, we are going to take our first break here in about uh, a few, yeah, about maybe five seconds. But we're real okay. back. And uh, guys, if you want to call in, call in number 786-245-8127. You can look us up on Skype by looking up PSN Radio. And I believe now you can actually look up the Dark Matter Radio Network also and our webmaster, Keith Rowland, will patch you in. I'm not 100% sure if he is fully equipped for the kind of technology yet, but I think he is. I think it's already set up. So if you guys uh, look it up, you might be able to get that Dark Matter Radio account already on Skype. So a lot of ways, man. We're building all kinds of different ways to get to, uh, to have you guys call in. So please call us. Join the show. We'll be right back with Dr. Joseph Merrow here on Skywatchers Radio on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Christmas and a happy new year. Good tidings to you wherever you are. Good tidings for Christmas. 
kids share a bedroom with a sibling? Is dorm room privacy a problem? Introducing Privacy Pop, a new way to create a private and comforting space on your bed. Privacy Pop is a bed tent that fits over twin, twin extra long, full, and queen beds. Privacy Pop is your ticket to seclusion in crowded sleeping quarters. Privacy Pop is the perfect holiday gift for the youngster who likes building forts and cramped college dorm rooms. Log on to privacypop.com and see how this unique sleeping system easily pops out from a small carrying case. Easy to store and simple to set up. Privacypop.com. That's privacypop.com. The perfect holiday gift for your grandchildren or your own kids who want a fun bed fort. Choose their favorite color. See this unique sleeping system now. Act now for a limited time offer. Use promo code RADIO in the checkout cart for free shipping. Log on to privacypop.com. Use promo code RADIO for free shipping. Discount Comic Book Service, where you can save 40 to 75% off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS, welcome home. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Look, up in the sky It's a bird It's a plane No, it's supermanhomepage.com The number one Superman fan site in the world Supermanhomepage.com Covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com For all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Roswell, UFOs, Flying Saucers, Alien Abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Welcome back to Skywatchers Radio, right here on the Dark Manor Radio Network and PSN Radio. Alrighty, we are back here on Skywatchers Radio. For the next segment, we have Dr. Joseph Mera, who's going to be a regular on the show. He is going to be joining us periodically to talk about ufology, exopolitics, 
and just about everything that he does when he is out sky watching. And it's your first time on this show as your segment with us, and uh, we're really happy to have you on. I know the audience is uh, eager to learn who you are. So why don't you give us a brief backstory just so we can all kind of get to know you and what you're going to talk about with us here once a month. Okay. Well, uh, boy, brief, you say, huh? Yes. Okay. No, no pressure. Okay. No pressure. <laughs> well, no, we okay, got you so... for a half an hour. Give us five-minute overview and synopsis of you. No yeah, pressure. that's what I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself. Okay, in five minutes, well, let me do this. Okay. Uh, so I was born and raised uh, a Catholic. I'm uh, currently 41 years of age. And uh, why that's relevant is because, you know, from childhood up until early adulthood, I always questioned that Catholicism. And uh, it kind of, to me, it was like kind of putting things in a box and you're not allowed to look outside your religion and, and you know, I've always questioned my own uh, religion and, and things like, oh, well, you know, if you're in the wrong religion, you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, wait a minute. So if there's somebody born on the other side of the planet and they're in a, a different religion, they're going to go to hell just by virtue of being, you know, not born into Catholicism. So things like that never made sense to me. Different authority, uh, different, uh, you know, laws and things like that. So you know, I've, I've always questioned uh, the life we live here on this planet. And as I, w- I continued my education from uh, high school into an associate degree for an RN, then a bachelor's degree, then a master's as a nurse practitioner, then a doctorate degree as a DNP. While I was doing that, I, w- I was also uh, researching other modalities such as hypnotherapy and Reiki energy. And uh, I explored things such as the ghostly realm and the ET realm and uh, traveling, you know, different parts of the United States and down into Mexico and and to check out the Mayan civilization. I I checked out the East City Ranch there in Washington. They were making claims that they were seeing UFOs there. And no matter who went or almost any time, you could almost call upon them, they'd be there. So I wanted to research this. I went to Phoenix to see if I could capture the Phoenix Lights you know, with my camcorder, and I did. So once you have these experiences, it totally changes your paradigm of reality. And, you know, I'm, I'm trained as a scientist. I went through all this education, and, and you know, I believe in the scientific method, but it doesn't account for some of these things that are not exactly explainable. At least we don't have scientific tools to explain them. So, you know, sometimes you have to think outside the box, and you go do your own research. So... That's where I'm at today. So just to be brief, I mean, that's who I am, and that's 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 where I'm at. That makes sense. Now, let me ask you, do you think that it's a coincidence that you've had so many paranormal experiences, including ufology-related experiences? Do you think that they're all kind of interconnected? Because I think, personally, I think everything is interconnected with each other. No, I agree with you. I think it's everything is connected. Everything is from the highest level of my awareness right now, where I've come mm-hmm. all these years, everything is energetic. So everything is, 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 is connected. Now, do you think, and this is uh, it, it, an interesting question that I ask a lot of people that I interview in the world of ufology. In fact, I think I might have asked you this uh, in the past, but not on this show. So let's answer it here. Do you think that aliens and demons are one and the same? Oh boy, this comes down to individual belief, really. So okay. this is and, and this is a really hard uh, uh, 
question to answer within just a, a couple minutes. So let me do my best here. I mean, okay. the way I look at it is thought becomes reality. So each individual right. person's their uh, their belief system is is what is a reflection of what's around them intermediately. And so if you wholeheartedly believe in demons and that's what you're putting out as energetically, as I was saying earlier, what you put out is what you bring back to yourself. So if you believe it, then that's what it becomes to you personally. So, you know, again, this this <laughs> this would take a long time to explain, but that for a short answer, that's my best answer. It almost sounds like you're describing that we're living in a suggestive, holographic um universe that we can manipulate with what we suggest almost like uh, we have the power of suggesting and we could create our own universe around whatever we think is that's true what it is and we can manifest whatever it is for example if we are heavily into ufos they're going to come come as aliens but if we're more into ghostly activity we're going to see ghosts you know i think but, it comes in in various dimensions so like is that what for we're instance, saying well, I think it's it goes like this. Whenever I started on my my path, and everybody has their mm -hmm. own spiritual path, I really believe we're spiritual beings living out a human experience. But you have to have little little doses of these things. And and, and so I was born and raised in a, a Catholic family, so I was accepting of the angelic realm. And so as I explored that realm in the ghostly realm, the next step after the ghostly realm would be the angelics, and then the, the next step above that would be the ETs. And so as you accept these things, as you grow in your awareness and you're accepting them, now all of a sudden it becomes a reality or a true reality for you. You're like, oh, okay, I can accept this. I can, I can, I'm not afraid of it. Fear really brings you down a vibration and it prevents you from experiencing your highest potential in a given lifetime. Well, the reason I ask that, uh, Dr. Mara, is because if they're interconnected, right, if they're you know the same phenomenon just interpreted differently by different individuals uh you know you said the different realms you're talking about the next realm ets wouldn't ets in a sense be in the same realm as us just on different planets um ooh, good question <laughs> because i mean another... if, we're, if, we're, if we're talking about a different realm now we're talking we're not really talking about ets as extraterrestrials we might be talking about more interdimensional beings that'll be a different realm uh, ETs, I would say, is more like in you know, like on Mars, there could be ETs. Well, you know okay, so yeah, in our now, this, own this galaxy. Is, yeah, this is where it comes down to the dimensions, and so okay. in a three D dimension, that's a thick, dense world that we all live in right now. And those that have a belief that um, I just go about my day to day life and uh, I go to work, and I, if I don't, if I can't uh, see it, then I don't believe it. That's like a uh, 3D. 4D is a belief in these higher beings, such as uh, ETs. And so I'm just trying to give subtle uh, um, examples of the belief system that goes with the rules of each individual dimension. So as you right. get into these, like, say, a higher dimensional awareness, say, fifth dimension and above, it is all unconditional love. There is no judgment. There's no fear. There's no doubt. It's just love of everything and everybody. And so now, there's no good or bad. There's no polarity like there is here in this dimension. Dr. Murrow, a question. Um, so you, the way you're describing the dimensions, then, it is different from, like, say, Einstein's theory of what dimensions were, where the fourth dimension is really space and time itself, that being a dimension. It's, some, it's a different form of viewing yeah. the dimensions, in other words. Yes, that's, 
that's that's our current understanding in science with the right. um you know you add time and that becomes our fourth dimension but you know there's a lot that we don't know in this universe it is so big it is so vast and you know we're just now uh, scratching the surface of what else is out there and when you're in fear and when you're you know this goes back to other belief systems like darwinism creationism and the religions and the big bang theory so depending on which one of those you believe that's all separateness if if everybody was on the same page this wouldn't be such a, a hard right. thing to, to 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 get you know what i'm saying and you know, it's, it's funny. It's funny you say that because Lloyd Pye, who passed away recently, you know, great guy. I had him on the show in '09, and um, got to pick his brain a little bit about what he believed. And of course, his thought was that you know, I don't believe he didn't believe in evolution per se. He didn't believe in religion per se. He believed in the you know the, the happy medium where we were kind of helped along by an extraterrestrial race that came down and and kind of pushed our evolution forward uh but in the end of the day there's still an evolution that takes place in the very beginning now do you th- i mean the big bang at this point i think uh that singularity that happened i think that science is almost at the point where it's accepted i think universally by all scientists that there was some sort of some sort of a big bang but yes. what was there before the big bang i think is the big question what like it was it all just darkness nobody seems well, to be able to answer that question i think you know you know our 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 physical brains right now can only take in so much and and can uh, understand so much and so you know i think we're limited just with the ability we are only using 8 to 10% of our brain we're only using three to five some of percent us, of our DNA. Yeah, some of us don't even use that much, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah, you're probably right. And so I'm not saying that we're not smart enough to understand some of these concepts, but it right. really, it really stress stretches the imagination. And and if you're not open to some of these ideas, some people are going to be like, "Oh, this is all BS." Well, you know, you're stuck in 3D. Then you need to be open-minded enough to to see the possibilities and as you open up to it you start to have experiences and this is this goes back to the dimension so you were asking me about the variations in dimensions and to right. define them so what i've learned that through my research and it is like say when i go to the eseti ranch it sits on the planet in a a natural higher vibratory frequency so when right. you're in that realm Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I got to ask a question here. What do wait, you mean wait, in an already natural vibratory? Okay, so the the Earth vibrates at a particular hertz, and and there's ley lines that go across. Okay, uh, within the Earth, and at various points where they intersect, in different places where these uh, mountains are, say like Mount Adams, they're right next to Eseti. It naturally has a higher vibration than say where I was from in Pennsylvania. So I so- knew as soon. As soon as I stepped off the plane and I drove up her, I could feel it in my body. I was euphoric. My vibrations were high. I didn't know okay. what it meant to me at the time, but I could just feel it. Okay, let me ask you a quick question. I'm sorry for interrupting, but is I understand that it's a personal feeling, and I'm not trying to debunk or anything, but you're saying you felt the vibrational difference. Is there any scientific equipment that actually can measure, quantify can be calibrated to actually measure the variations. I mean, I know there's yeah. ways to measure the ley yeah. lines. It yes. was – okay. Yes, yes. I, I just yes. want to hear more about that. Okay, well, you know, this is not my scientific field, but yes, there is. There are other people that have done that work. If you look okay. into Michael Tellinger's work, he's doing this work with uh, in South Africa where these uh, uh, ancient structures are, and they have these particular – 
um, shapes that they used and this particular stone that they used. And they do have meters that they go inside these things and they resonate at a particular frequency. And that's what we're unlocking the keys of the ancients right now with all this new uh, evidence that's coming out. But Excellent. let me just get back to this this uh, this point. Uh, yeah, sorry, I sidetracked you. No, no, no. It's it's hard for me to get back because this energy is streaming through me, this information. So as I'm sitting there at East Eddy Ranch with all these other people, all of a sudden, because you're 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 at the same place at the same time in a higher vibration and collectively, this is another thing we didn't talk about yet, but humanity is also has this collective consciousness. We talked about thought becomes reality. Well, that's your individual reality. There's also a consciousness field that goes around this planet. And as we're all connected to it, depending if you're tapped into different places at different times, you perceive the same thing at the same time. So while I was at East Eddy Ranch and there was, oh God, there was at least 30 people there. And all of a sudden, these UFOs start coming over, and we're all seeing them. And you know what? I have to question that if I was in, say, a lower vibratory place on the planet, if I would actually see this. And, and I really think the answer is no, I wouldn't have. It's, it, it's a matter of you raising your frequency to the point of where you can see these things and where they're resonating at, if that makes sense to you. And we I have these it. things on film. And we have also – now, this is really strange. I go, I go to this place to see UFOs, and all of a sudden, you see all these orbs all around you, and one comes right in front of your face, and it turns into a pixie. Okay, this thing's like two inches high. We have it on camera, too. So, yeah, so there's a lot of people on the, you know, listening to this going, oh, this guy's crazy and this and that. But you know what? Look up the documentary. We have it on film. Plus, you have the, the corroboration of all the other people that are witnessing the same thing as you at the same time. Okay. Now, have you um, have you plugged the documentary? Where do we find this? No, on, on, I, have a, I have a question about because you sent me the video earlier, and I saw some of the footage on there, and there was definitely some very interesting stuff you guys captured on there. Uh, what other spectrums of uh, light are you looking through? Is it just all infrared? No, actually, the tools that they were using there at uh, the East Eddy Ranch, you're going to have to maybe contact uh, James Gilliland, who owns the ranch. I don't I don't know exactly what it, what the the technology that, um, or I don't remember. I'm sure he told me right. at the time what we we're looking through and what we we're using as far as the the film footage, but I don't remember. And, and you know, again, that's not my field, so I'm, I apologize for not being specific about what it was that we were no, using. No, no, that's cool. That's cool. Because no, the reason I ask is there's some, there is some uh, infrared cameras that do pick up bugs and it illuminates the hell out of them. Uh, and there was a couple shots in there that were a little. I don't know, a little bizarre, but there was some stuff in there that I saw that really did look weird. Like, I mean, just uh, out of this world, uh, weird. Yeah, so. thanks for sending me a copy. I didn't get to see I'm it I'm sorry. Yet. I'll, sniffles, <laughs> I'll send it to you later. Don't worry. I so tried to prepare you for, you know, you know, if we're going to be talking about various things, I can send you guys various information so we can discuss it. And you can hammer me with all these questions you have, and I can try <laughs> yeah. to do the best I can to, I mean, well, you know, this, this is just This is just uh, like a brief get-to-know-you type of thing. Uh, when you come back in the future, it will be more like, well, you have a report for us, and let's talk yeah, about right. what you want to talk about. You know, the okay. audience just really, they don't really know you right now. So, in fact, let's sidetrack a little bit because you did have your own show, Universal Talk Radio. Uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about what happened with that show and, uh, you know, why it went away. Okay, well, you know, when you start finding these things out, you need to talk to somebody about this, right? And when you have people in your family and your friends that they don't get it and they don't care about it, and this is years ago, 
I'm like, okay, who do I talk to about this? So I had to have a platform to not only to discuss what I have found, but interview people to put the pieces to the puzzle together. And that's what Universal Talk was all about. It's still online if people want to go back and start at the beginning and go through the what, I, what many of us call the geopolitical to figure out that, yep, there's chemtrails. Yep, there's a, a financial um, – the banksters that have been taken over our planet. I mean, all this stuff is a reality. All these whistleblowers that I've interviewed and NASA and, and astronauts and doctors and lawyers, and I mean, from all over the world. That's what that was all about. And once I got to the point of an understanding of what's going on, I kind of shifted my awareness to, okay, now I know what's going on. How can I help myself, my fellow human beings, and the planet? Because we're destroying this planet and ourselves while we're on it. So... You know, I, I guess I had to I, to get away from everything, and I had three urgent care centers. I had a nice home and all the, the goodies, the toys, you know, the snowmobiles and the four-wheelers and all these things. And I basically one day said, that's it. I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I, so I sold everything I had, and I moved from Pennsylvania to New Mexico. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to find the truth. That's what basically what I've been looking for all my life and and. You know, I think each person's individual truth changes depending on what point in the path they are. Because the more you research, the more rabbit holes you go down, and the more all of a sudden you prove to yourself, oh my gosh, this is a reality. Oh, this is real. This is real. And then, you know, I don't think anybody ever stops growing. I think that's what the universe is all about, expansion. I have to agree 100% uh, on just about everything you said, uh, except I've had kind of like an opposite reaction to a couple of things. I as I've done a lot of these uh, radio shows and I've done my research, I've had the unfortunate, uh, I guess, uh, the unfortunate tasks to realize that a lot of it is bogey and a lot of it is uh, a little hokey. And you know, there's a lot of hoaxing going on in the world of ufology and paranormal. Uh, you know, how do you feel about people that are you know just out for a, a quick buck and are really hoaxing all the, the videos on YouTube and all that kind of stuff that's been going on in the last five years? Well, you know, it is a little bit annoying because, you know, when, there's there's uh, there's people out there that are muddling the water, so to speak. And, so to speak, yeah. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, um, what's real and what's not? Because everybody that has had a taste of this and has had their own personal experience wants to believe in more things. So now you're on edge and you're, you're cautious about what you believe and what you don't. And so, again, it's kind of like that separation we talked about before with Darwinism and all this. We can't get to the truth, like, just streamlined because there's so much BS to, to wade through. So you're right. There are people out there. There are charlatans or people that are just making claims that aren't true. And like I always say, this is a schoolhouse, this, this, this uh, a schoolhouse of life here on this planet. And <laughs> yeah. without opposition, there's no growth. So I now, see the good guys, the bad guys. I don't even see them as good or bad anymore. I just see this opposition for growth. Uh, who do you? I mean, in your research, who who comes to mind as probably the most credible, uh, you know, person that you've researched or group that you researched, and who will be the most, you know, the least credible? I guess I would say. I would ask. Oh boy, <laughs> um, I would have to say James Gilliland. Be, at his ranch at the East Eddy Ranch is the most credible because he has had mm, uh, PhD yeah. guys there that have gone up there with equipment, their own independent studies, and they they were there as a skeptic and they left as a believer. And I've personally been there, 
So I have personal experience. I talked to the man. I was on his ranch. I had my own experiences, plus all these other, you know, Boeing guys, these triple PhD guys that are going up there and uh, and and witnessing it themselves, and they just can't explain what they're seeing. So I now, think he would give the talk. Can anybody, uh, like, you know, contact the ranch and uh, go up there and have a visit? Well, I'll tell you what. In the past, that's the way it was. It was open to anybody. But now they had to make it more private because he was in court like over, like 10 times or something like this because they're trying to shut him down. And, you know, it's always one of those things when the government catches wind of something that people are going to start waking up to what the hell's really going on on this planet. They wanted, They just want to control it. Or they're in fear. It's one of those hmm. two things. It's like religious, oh, this is the devil's work. And the next thing you know, they're, you know, they're influential in trying to shut you down. Right. And so, yes, you can still go there, but you have to have a personal invitation. In fact, I think you can get online on the eSETI website and uh, ask for an invitation, and you can actually go up there, if you, but you have to have a personal invitation. And I don't think it's that big of a deal, but just because of the legality, that's what has transpired over the last few years. Now, other than going up there on ESETI, how many hours would you say that you've uh, put into sky watching yourself? Oh man, I'm always in the sky. In fact, <laughs> out here, well, I'm a pilot too, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, you forgot to throw that part in. Oh God, there's just too much. Uh, a man of many much. skills, Doctor well, Joseph Mero. <laughs> uh, I get bored easy, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> here in New Mexico, I mean, these are the. The, the cleanest skies almost on the planet in some parts of New Mexico. So, uh, incidentally, I, I became a part of the astronomy club here, and they have this uh, out at uh, Clayton Lake State Park. They have uh, um, some awesome telescopes here, believe it or not. It's in the middle of nowhere, but, man, you can really – and this was – oh, my gosh, this just popped into my head. I'm sitting here talking to two other members. And they're facing me, and I look up above their heads, and all of a sudden, this, it looked like a star, was coming across the sky and stopped. And it powered up, and it was this great big orange power-up. And I was like, my face must have said it all, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, I pointed, and they just two turned around, and all of a sudden, it powered back down, and it just went off. And they both turned around and looked at me and said, oh, that must have been the space station. And I'm like, What? <laughs> I mean, and then the woman was like, "Hey, if it wasn't the space, space station, <laughs> I don't even. Well, I don't know the space station stops. First of all, no. And then it, it if it wasn't that far away from us, is another thing. It was like, wait a minute, this isn't like way out there. This is, oh my god, it was so close. But anyway, her thing was, I'm afraid. I don't, I don't want it to be anything but the space station. So don't tell me any different. And so there you go. It's all about belief and acceptance. So. I was just, I was, I was like excited, like, oh my gosh, I wish I could share this with someone who was open, but, you know. Well, there are more and, people that want to keep their head in the sand than actually face reality. Yeah, yeah and you know that. what? I don't want to say it was, it, it, you know what it was? A unidentified flying object, UFO. I don't know what, I can't say it was a craft, but you know what? If it stops and all of a sudden I'm staring at it, it powers up and then, you know, goes off on its merry way, I don't know what it was. I honestly don't know. But it was here's cool. A, here's the final question I have for you the, uh, for the night, and I know Alan might have one for you, but uh, do you think that a lot of the aircrafts that people do see in the sky, like maybe some of the stuff you've seen, are our own government back-engineered crafts from stuff that we've recovered from, like Roswell and other crashes, or is everything alien 
just uh, no. you know coming down to see us? Uh, easy question or easy answer is yes. I think that there, some of this is back engineered. Um, the ones that you can tell the difference, and this is what goes back to the the interdimensional. When you start to witness these things that are these energetic orbs that are huge, and all of a sudden they're sitting there communicating with you by you screaming, saying "Power up, power up!" and you have a whole bunch of people doing that, and next thing you know, it gets real bright like a football field or so, and then it goes back down. And then you see these two fighter jets going towards it, and all of a sudden it blinks out, and as these jets go flying by, it blinks back on, and then it continues <laughs> to communicate with you. So. I don't think those are ours. I think that is something beyond our technology. So hopefully that answered your question. Hmm. You know, I, I still say it could always be some uh, some recruit just test flying uh, something back in junior just messing with you. No, like if I'm there are press some lights, I'm sorry. They'll, I'm sorry. If think there are fighter real. jets chasing, <laughs> if there are fighter jets chasing whatever's flying out there, odds are it's not one of ours. Probably That's not. True. Yeah, you're right. And and here's the other thing. This thing was huge compared to these little the, – the jets look like little specks because you can see their flashing lights. And as a pilot, I know you can't hover with something that big unless it's a helicopter, and you then you hear noise. Unless, it, like you say, it may have been something that we have as a technology that I'm not aware of, but to make it invisible as these things shoot by and then it pop back on, I, I don't know of anything that we have currently anyway. Well, yeah, but remember, the if the government does have back-engineered stuff. I'm sure there are a couple hundred years more advanced technologically than what they're telling us, maybe 100, sure, 200 sure. years. They will have stuff they could go to here in Mars in about 25 minutes, maybe less. You know, I'm pretty sure that technology exists already. It's just yeah. uh, them telling us about it. That's a different story. Because if they start telling us that they got those kind of ships, then at that point it's like, okay, well, you know, uh, I guess a uh, crash really did happen at Roswell, and I guess that, you know, UFOs, aliens, all that stuff is real. So they can't really tell us about that sort of technology. They kind of got to slowly push along the evolution of technology because technologically, you know, tech, tech, technology uh, advancements is an evolution in itself, and it just keeps evolving year, you know, every year we get more and more um, but you know we get better equipment every year. Computers get better, get faster. Technology evolves, and they have to push it along slowly, just so people don't say, "Well, I guess it was true the whole time." They were lying about the aliens. Yeah, but let me just let me. Can you imagine me... going from the shuttle to like the craft that can go from here to Mars in twenty minutes? I mean, that's right. You know, well, I mean, here's, that would just here's the, blow here's the biggest mind. secret. Here's the biggest secret. If they find out that we do, we are being visited. Okay, how did they get here? They have a propulsion system that does not require oil that we are so addicted to on this planet. So once we figure out the technology that we can have free energy for our cars, our, our vehicles, our homes, all of that stuff, the people – and this goes back to the geopolitical, the banksters and, and the people that hijacked this planet. So you have to know the whole story, and that's where I was telling you. You've got to put all the pieces together to understand this because this is the biggest reason why they won't release it is because there's free energy out there. Well, wait a oh, minute. We already know about free energy. It's called the sun. Just to get more free than that, it's all over the place. See, this is the main. This is the main issue I have with the whole free energy argument about aliens. The sun is more free than anything the aliens have, and we're just not putting it to use because we're kind of lazy and stupid. We still want to rely on old things like gasoline, which on, is just hold on, hold on, making hold on. us a lot of I money. I don't think we're honestly lazy and stupid. I think some of that technology that harnesses the sun's power and other elements that are out there is more being suppressed by yeah. government it is, and people. But we're, no, I'm talking about us, the people, are lazy and stupid to not 
put you know more of a vocal focal point on this. Subject. Okay, okay, okay. I, don't I mean, know if, if you everyday American actually you know or everyday person around the world actually said, you know what, I'm going to write my congressman, I'm going to write my president, I'm going to write, and they got flooded with letters, emails, all kinds of things on Change.org where people demanding this stuff, demanding that the technology of solar technology you know gets used more because we do have the technology solar wise to already implement it on a larger scale. We're just not doing it because we're making more money with gasoline. No, no, we're not the ones that are making money. That's the whole problem. There are other people that are controlling the knowledge. Right, correct. Yeah. And here's so ha- here's the other you, thing. Making the money. Hold on, hold on. We're not stupid through our own fault. We're only stupid and blind to what's available to us because we aren't shown the other possibilities. So you can't really call humanity as a whole stupid over the whole situation. Well, they do celebrate Halloween. And that's the a, reason behind a, that's it originally. That's a pretty stupid holiday. But anyway, we're out of time here for the segment. Uh, Joseph... <laughs> Thanks so much for being here on Skywatchers Radio. We got Paul Dale Roberts uh, on, waiting in the wings to uh, join us in a couple minutes here. And uh, you're going to be back with us once a month. So we're going to stop right there and give everybody a tease for the next time we're on the air. We're going to continue and pick up right here where we left off. Uh, once again, thank you, my friend, for being on the show with us tonight. Thank Great you, guys. It was really Jason. fun. Thank you. Oh, thank wait. you. It was really fun. Enjoy the <laughs> night. And if you Skywatch and see Santa, I want a photo. <laughs> you might just get one out here in New Mexico, I'll tell you. <laughs> there you go. Everybody, it is 12 a.m. Eastern right now on my time, so happy holidays and a Merry Christmas to all. We'll be right back on Skywatchers Rape. T's commitment to excellence. Once again, Ronnie McMullen here, challenging you to a better lifestyle and health. On my radio show, I challenge people to think and act on good mental health, and this, in turn, promotes great physical health. Life Change Tea is a head start product to help aid your health and bring you your best life. And Life Change Tea doesn't taste like tea. It tastes great. So now, here's your holiday bonus. Buy now a one-month supply, and we'll give you two weeks for free. It's our holiday giveaway, and it's the best sale of the year. Lose weight and feel great this holiday season. So order now. Call 928-308-0408. Again, 928-308-0408. Or you can log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Remember, we love our customers and our customers love our tea get the tea.com here's a riddle for you 
What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. All systems are functional. And you pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. Is there life on other planets? This is nuclear physicist Stanton Friedman, and now I'm a voice in the Jackal's head. It's the government keeping secrets from us. This is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the Jackal's head. Want to find out more? Listen to the Jackal's head. The biggest trick the Jackal ever pulled was to convince the world <laughs> that he doesn't exist. Shooting stars across the sky This magical journey Will take us on a ride Filled with the longing Searching for the I love the song Crystal Gale, Midnight in the Desert. Always bring back, brings back memories of listening to our bell uh, over the years. Great track. And guys, we are back here on Skywatchers Radio, and this is our uh, second hour, and it, it is on Christmas. So December 25th is here. Merry Christmas to all again. And joining us for the second hour here is Paul Dio Roberts. As I said earlier, this gentleman is a worldwide investigator of just about everything, from the paranormal to ufology to everything. I mean, uh, Paul Dio Roberts, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio, my friend. It's so good to have you back on. Jackal, thank you for having me on. So I just can't wait to get into the show. Listen, you know, I was giving the audience a, a kind of a tease early on on, on your uh, history here, and of course we went over the military records and stuff. But give the audience a brief rundown about your history, uh, as best as you could tell it, because man, you've lived one heck of a life, and you're still a young guy. You're not, you're not like an old folk or anything. You're still a pretty young, hip uh, dude. So give us a little bit of a rundown about all the stuff. You know, a little bit of everything that you've done in the last uh, thirty years. Well, from 73 to 76, I went in uh, the Army. A little bit more than 30, but that's good. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) 73 to 76 in the Army as an MP military policeman. And there was a major drug problem going on over in Germany, so I was working with the drug suppression team. It was CID, Criminal Investigation Division. And, Jacko, you're going to have to excuse me, but I had a root canal yesterday, and so my teeth still kind of hurt. So anyway, so hang in there with me. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty bad. So anyway, I did the North thing in Germany. Uh, so if, if, drugs, you, if, if, you, Germany. Huh? If, if, if you start slurring a little bit, guys, we understand, don't worry. Okay. So anyway, uh, 
Yeah, travel throughout Germany, and they had a thing called the Khaki Mafia, and they were doing everything from prostitution, running drugs, to Amsterdam, um, uh, dealing narcotics out there and everything else. So I was very, very busy with that, staying in nice five-star hotels, wearing civilian clothes, pretending I was a drug dealer myself, and buying drugs and testifying at Article 32s and court-martials. So in 1976, I got out. And by hanging out in a lot of discotheques, I learned how to dance. So I became a dancer, a professional dancer with Arthur Murray's dance, instruct, um, uh, dance studios. And, and I danced for 205 hours, eight and a half days uh, for the Guinness Book of World Records. And um, so I was the disco king for a while. I uh, did a little bit of <laughs> firefighting in between there. 1979, I went back into the Army, went into military intelligence, and I was inspired by watching a James Bond movie. Uh, I was sitting there watching James Bond, and I said, what is it that those military intelligence guys did? So before I knew it, I was talking to an Army recruiter, signing the dotted line, and became a 97 Bravo intelligence analyst of a photo interpretation center in Korea, in Seoul, Korea. Hmm. So uh, there, that's where I learned that military intelligence knew something about UFOs, and we can get into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And then in 1986, I got out, worked for the state, uh, got into comic books, uh, uh, became a journalist for various uh, comic book magazines. And then I was dating a girl that was a ghost hunter, and before I knew it, I was writing stories about the paranormal and becoming a paranormal investigator. Now I own HPI International, which is Hego Intelligence, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Hego Paranormal Intelligence. And that we, what we do is, there was a George Hegel who was a philosopher, and he took the pros and cons of any, any given thing and with the pros and cons and came out with a conclusion. And that's basically what we do with our group. Hmm. Now, what do you specialize yeah. in mostly, uh, paranormal-wise? Uh, you, you know, UFO hunting, ghost hunting. What's uh, been your specialty? Okay. Well, one thing is there's like a billion ghosts out there. It seems like yes. everybody dies <laughs> and everybody becomes a ghost. Okay. So That's there's what they say, a lot anyway. of yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of cases with ghosts. Uh, we try to do other cases like in Mount Shasta with UFOs, Bigfoot. Uh, I've been to Skinwalker Ranch. I've been to Area 51. I did travel internationally. That's why we're international. I just came back from Guatemala, where there's a lot of ghosts there because the former president uh, slaughtered about 1,500 of the citizens over there. They had genocide wow. going on over there for a while. That would the create a lot of ghosts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would create a lot of ghosts. Yeah. And the president that they have now has released the former president out of prison. And they said that he's committing genocide now. Um, what was kind of interesting about Guatemala is that every security guard, every policeman, and every soldier was carrying a machine gun. I felt very uneasy. But if you left Guatemala City and went into the outskirts of Guatemala, then you're facing cartels that have... These cartel guys, they have tattoos on their faces, and they carry around machetes. And over there, they don't really believe in, if you're doing a crime, 
they're going to chase you down and not arrest you, but shoot you. So right. there was, yeah, there's, so Guatemala is, city is very, very, very haunted just because of all the deaths and murders and suicides and everything else that goes on over there. But also, too, they have what is called Taikel. And that's an old Mayan uh, city. And what was kind of interesting about that, and they got some beautiful pyramids over there and everything else, is that I was doing some EVP work over there, and I actually got an EVP that was in Mayan language. Ooh, and when, ooh, when I went to that, yeah, yeah. So when I went back to the hotel, um, I was talking to the um, the hotel uh, registrar, and I, I said is that Spanish? And he goes, no, it's not Spanish. He goes, it sounds like Mayan. So he actually called a friend in, and that friend came in on, in the morning time and listened to the recording, and he says, that is Mayan, and what it's telling you is to go to the pyramid. And that, was, that in itself was incredible. But during the whole time I was in Guatemala City, I was pretty nervous because I was like the tallest person over there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so everybody was looking at me, you know. And uh, uh, the, the Guatemalans are very, very small people. And, uh, and just every soldier and every policeman with machine guns were just eyeing me like I was going to do something. and saying, come on. And they, and they searched my bag like three times over. And I got a really good deal going to Guatemala City, like 600 bucks. But the only thing is you're dealing with a lot of layovers. So I got a layover in San Jose, Costa Rica, a layover in Panama City. And I'm also to a line, uh, line jumper. So I managed to do uh, some line jumping over in Belize and over in El Salvador, uh, just across the border. Didn't really see much, but... I just want to say, hey, I was there, and, we, right. and then got a, a a layover in Honduras. So, but that was a very interesting trip. I was really glad to get out of there. They searched my bag like three times over, and I said, I said, you going to check my bag again? I mean, there's nothing but dirty socks in there, and you're going to still check it? <laughs> you know, come on, please. You know, so yeah, that what was do they, a very what do you think you're, trip. What do they think you were bringing over? Who knows? I, well. Finally, I showed him one of my books, and that book had a picture of me. I said, look, I write stories on the paranormal. And before I knew it, they were telling me ghost stories in Guatemala. No kidding. So, yeah, uh, so, so yeah, the, people, the, the people down there are pretty cards. open to the, the people down there are pretty yep. open to the whole paranormal and, and UFO uh, phenomenon, aren't they? Well, most of Latin oh, America yeah, is in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, um, but we've got some really good local cases over here. And one of the most interesting cases that we got was one over in Vacaville. And when you go into a house and you take a lot of pictures of orbs, orbs can be almost anything. It could be dust. It could be skin flakes. It could be wind. Right. It, it could be almost anything, dewdrops, light refractions, whatever. But how do you prove that that orb is actually a spiritual containment field. Do you That's guys have any idea? Right I have if no clue. <laughs> yeah, my thought on that is is if it's emitting its own aura or light as opposed to being 
Or casting his own shadow. <laughs> well, casting its own shadow, certain particulates can do that, uh, depending well, on how close you are and how far you are. But if it's emitting its own aura or light, and the camera's picking that up, that, in my opinion, determines whether it's its own energetic orb or not. Well, that's very good. Guess how we do it. How do you do it? This is how we do it. We actually look for intelligent movement. And that would be my next guess. (laughs) Okay, we had a a scout over there. A scout is a ghost hunter in training, and his name was Victor Martinez. And Victor Martinez was very, very drained. He was just like laying on the couch, and we go, what's wrong, Victor? And he goes, something's draining me, you know. I mean, it was getting really bad. He almost, like, passed out. And the entity was Elaine. I call her Draining Elaine because she was draining all the energy off this guy. She was feeding off his energy. Hmm. So I said, okay, Elaine, if you're there right next to Victor, appear on his shoulder. And we snap a photo. And there's this huge orb on his shoulder. And that tells me, you know, that's some kind of intelligence there. But let's try it again. Let's see if it's really a spiritual containment field. So I said, okay, Elaine, if you're there draining Victor's energy, kiss him on the lips. We take a photo, and there's an orb on his mouth showing intelligence. So this is a, a horny that, orb. What's that? This is a horny orb. Oh, it's a horny Kissing orb, him. yes. <laughs> yeah, it That's is. just wrong totally. on so many levels, it's not funny. Hey, <laughs> people, people have said they've been attacked at night by spirits and you know taken advantage of. Have you come yeah. across uh, those kind of reports, Paul? Oh, well, we did a case over in Gilroy. Okay, and I brought with me uh, one of my top psychics. Her name's Monique. Um, Apo- oh, I never can say her last name right. Apocadaka Scott. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, she has one of those last names is really difficult. But anyway, I took over to uh, uh, Gilroy, and this family they had a daughter who was actually attacked by the entity, and the entity possessed her. And when it possessed her, she was saying that she was going to kill this whole, the whole family. And then we're talking about a girl who's maybe about 14, 15 years old. I mean, really, if you saw her, like she looked like a sweet, innocent little girl. And Monique, who happens actually be here right now uh, tonight with me, uh, Monique, she walked into the house, never been there her whole life, never talked to the occupant. I talked to the occupant, and I knew where the hot spot was. But out of all the bedrooms in that place, there was something like five bedrooms, she selects the one bedroom that was the hot spot. And she goes, there's something going on with that bedroom right there. And she goes, I believe that's the hot spot. And then when she walks into the bedroom, she looks at the bed. There's two beds in there. She goes, if you pull the mattress from this bed right here, there's something evil. And so we uh, we asked permission from the occupant if we can go ahead and uh, 
turned the bed over, and we found a document, and it was a curse. On the document was a fire demon. On the document was a girl that she was familiar with. And on the document was two fighters, one getting beat up very, very bad. So the curse was that she was summoning a demon to empower her to throw a curse upon a girl that she did not like and to have that girl beat up. And Monica, she's always impressed me. She has a sister named Chantel, too, and she's impressed me. They're very, very good psychics. And Monique, tonight, if you guys want to hear it, but she has a very, very interesting story, a UFO story uh, from Capay. Oh, nice. And to hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, we're not going to a break or anything right now, right? No, no, no. We're not going to break for a little bit. Uh, you know, let's segue to ufology for a second here, because I, you know, in the segment before we had you on, we had Dr. Joseph Mara, and I asked him a question, which I like to ask guests just to see what their reaction is or what their opinion is on this. Uh, you know, what do you think of the possibility that everything is interconnected? I'm talking about ufology, paranormal, aliens, ghosts. It's all one and the same. Well, it seems like uh, aliens are very much aware of ghosts. And um, and the reason why I say that is because um, there have, have been some abductees who make claim that the aliens, the greys, had actually relayed information to them um, to, uh, with uh, telepathic uh, uh, communications that we are just vessels. And, and for them to say something like that and trying to also to uh, put out the importance that there's an energy body within our mortal body. So, and there's several abductees who make mention of that. So there's that connection where the aliens are aware, let's say, of, of spiritual type beings. Um, Bigfoot has been seen with uh, around UFO activity. We're, we have cases on the Mount Shasta where people have seen lights in the sky and they've seen UFOs, but later on they see a Bigfoot, or they see a Bigfoot, and then later on they see UFOs. So there seems like there's a connection there. And if you go back to the Sumerian clay tablets, they mention a creature that looks similar to Bigfoot that went underground. So um, I think, yeah, everything connects. Well, the reason I, I like the reason I like asking that, and I think you know, you being the investigator you are, you might have come across maybe some information on this. Um, you know, my theory has been for a long time that a lot of our mythology on this planet, a lot of the history of this planet, like demons, leprechauns, and all kinds of uh, creatures <laughs> like this, are actually misidentified aliens. Uh, you know, man back. A couple thousand years ago, they didn't have the concept that we have now about extraterrestrials, planets, uh, hell. Uh, they might have thought the, the Earth was uh, flat, right, back then. So uh, there was really no concept of outer, other planets or outer space, per se. Uh, what, you know, what are the chances that throughout the history we've kind of misidentified contact with aliens as demons being possessing people or whatever, and it's just uh, aliens abducting people? Well, one thing is, okay, if demons never had a corporal form, um, it would make them 
either interdimensional or it would make them extraterrestrial. Even Jesus said to one of his apostles, I am not of this world. If you're not terrestrial, if you're not of this world, that makes you extraterrestrial. So, um, yeah, so um, demons were either dealing with an interdimensional being that never had a human form, or we're dealing with something that's extraterrestrial, that's pure energy. And they said that if mankind were to evolve to its highest level, we would be pure energy. No longer would we have to eat. No longer would we have to use the restroom. Uh, That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, that would be really it could, nice. It could yeah. get a little messy, though, let me tell you. If we never have to use the restroom again, I don't know. I'm going to be a little bloated yeah, really. after six months. And also, too, like in the quantum level, we are pure energy. I mean, so, you know, so, yeah, if we evolve all the way to the highest point, we would be energy beings. So, and I believe that probably demons are energy beings. They have to be if they possess people. Um, like the case, uh, uh, we had this one case over, where was that case at? Oh, it was the demon identified itself as Balaam, and it, we actually have a video footage of these, this lady who was possessed. And what, what was the demon's name again? Balaam? Balaam, huh? yeah. Okay. And no, that, that's a real demon. It. it was supposed to be like he was a, a, a general of seven legions of demons, blah, 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 whatever. Wow. But she selected the, yeah, <laughs> she demon. Selected the name Balaam. Okay. okay. So, and this happened over in Tracy. And Supposedly, the psychic never knew who the occupant was, blah, blah, blah. And that was the first time we met. But yet, she was able to relate while she was possessed that she played with a Ouija board and she did a blood ritual. The blood ritual was really minute. She um, merely sliced her uh, uh, index finger, bled on a piece of paper. On the paper, she said, F all that. And... Uh, wadded it into a little ball and set it on fire. Okay, if you want to call that a blood ritual. Okay, um, if when someone is actually possessed by a demon, if they're not spider crawling on the ceiling, I have a hard time believing it. Hmm. I mean, I have to say that this woman who uh, may claim that she's a Santeria priestess um, was very impressive. It looked very real, but I think that she does it a whole lot of times on a lot of cases. That's why she does it so well. She's just a great, great actress. But I didn't see her spider crawling on the ceiling. I didn't see her levitate. So I really, really have a hard time actually believing it. But a lot of the investigators watching her, we actually filmed it. I mean, it got a lot of hits and everything. Um, It does look believable, but... Um, I'm just something didn't feel right, huh? Something didn't feel right, or you just got the wrong vibe from it, or you just think her practice Um, made perfect. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, practice makes perfect, and I really do believe that she does this probably a lot. And and okay, if she was really, really possessed, then why isn't she doing something? more of a supernatural level. Why isn't she levitating? Why isn't she being sucked up into the ceiling and crawling up on the ceiling? Have you seen people actually uh, levitate? Have you seen people that are possessed that actually levitate? 
with the 800 investigations that I've been on, absolutely no. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. But, um, let me ask you. Even Chris Angel makes people levitate. No, uh, hold on. <laughs> With all the possession experiences that you've investigated, have you seen or been able to record any paranormal activity with possession claims? Oh, like EVP. We get. We did get a lot of EVPs in that house. So it's like maybe, maybe not. Okay. No, but I'm saying with I all the investigations you did, with all the investigations you did for people that were possessed, how many of them were you able to record paranormal occurrences with when, in front of the, you know when they're doing something paranormal? There was only one case, and I think I've actually talked about this case once with Jekyll, and that was with the two ladies, and the, their faces actually distorted in front yes. of my face. Yeah, I did tell you about that story. Yeah, yeah it's a great story. And, Remember, this is Dark Matter Radio Network, so the listeners here have not heard this story, so share with us. Oh, okay, okay. So I was a beginning paranormal investigator. I, I was new on the job. So one of the things I always learn now is to take another investigator with you. One, it's good to have a witness. Two, yes. you need someone to watch your back. Okay. And this lady, she was like in her 60s, and she had a goddaughter probably in her 30s. And they lived over in Thornton, which is near Sacramento. And they said, Paul, you know, we see this black mass around about 3 o'clock in the morning. We get sexually attacked, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And I said, well, I happen to be in Stockton, which is really near Thornton. And I said, yeah, I, I can stop by and check things out. So I'm over there with my laptop doing the story and everything else, interviewing these ladies. And they seem like really, really sweet ladies. And they, uh, in fact, they take care of parrots. They had all these parrots in the house. So they tell me if I hung around the house, I'm going to see this black mass. And they start showing me bite marks on their chest and on their legs. And I start thinking to myself, maybe they gave those bite marks to themselves. Hmm. So anyway, as I continue on with the interview, I'm looking at the older woman in her 60s, very sweet lady, and I swear on a stack of Bibles, her face was distorting to something very, very hideous and very, very evil. And I said, God, is that my imagination or what? I mean, she really looked evil. And I continued on with the story. She goes, Paul, I have visions. I go, what kind of visions? She goes, I have visions of killing men. I go, wow, okay. Mind you, I'm the only man in that house. <laughs> At this point, you must have been terrified. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I can... You're probably thinking, I know horror movies that start like this. This is not good for me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I go, okay, so how, what kind of visions about killing them? How are you killing them? You know, are you shooting them? She goes, no, I'm taking a baseball bat and I'm bashing her brains out. Whoa. Oh, oh okay. Lovely. Are you, are you serious? Oh, my God. You know, and I continue on with the interview, hoping that things would mellow out and that maybe her face would stop distorting. And about 15 minutes later, I'm looking in the living room from where I'm typing at, and I see the goddaughter, and she's holding a baseball bat, <laughs> and she's going around in circles around in circles over and over again with this really 
crazy look on her face with this smile and, and, and doing this crazy laughter and carrying this baseball bat and going around in circles, going around and around and around. And I go, oh, my God, I need to get out of here. So the way I got out of there is, one, they were seeking publicity. So they wanted me to write a story. That's what I was doing. I had my laptop there. And I said, you know what? I said, I just lived down the street. I got to get this to the publishers because this thing is so hot, it's going to go on CNN News. They go, what? I go, really? I'm serious. This is a hot story. And I said, I'll be back. I'll be back in time for the black mass down your hallway about 3 o'clock in the morning when it sexually attacks you. I will be back <laughs> to see that. And they go, really? You're coming back? I said, I'm absolutely coming back. Guaranteed. And I took <laughs> Yeah. I took off my car, left my cell phone there. And the very next day, I had a Sonoma uh, a scouting mission, in which a lot of people were going to be there. But here, I didn't even have a cell phone to call the scouts who were going to meet me down in Sonoma. I mean... I took out out of that house so fast. It was crazy. And um, and when they didn't see the story published, I was getting threats from them and everything else. I had to get the police involved. And finally they backed off. So, yeah, that, that was been, one of my that craziest. That must have been terrifying. It was terrifying, yeah. And I learned never, never, never go into a place by myself. I don't care if it's a 60-year-old sweet-looking woman with her very sweet, 30-year-old goddaughter. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> Sometimes the sweeter they look, the worse they actually could be. I mean, I've seen a lot of... I've seen horror movies, man. I know how it is. I know how these <laughs> yeah. things get started. Little sweet old lady, next thing you know, you're getting, you're getting chopped into pieces by her nephew. Oh, my God. Hey, okay, i got to tell you both something here. Um, when I became a paranormal investigator, for a while there, I was getting very, very disappointed because I absolutely did not believe there was an afterlife. Nothing was happening. And even though we were getting EVPs, I wasn't impressed. I said, those voices could be coming from another room. Right. I'm not impressed with this. That's where I'm at right and now, by the way, personally. What's that? That's what's where that? I'm at right That's where I'm at personally right now, myself. Really? With, you're with the, in afterlife. the afterlife? Yeah, that's, I, I'm really? right there where you were. That's where I'm at right now, personally, in my personal beliefs. Wow, okay, okay. So, okay, that's how I was feeling, okay? I was shocking, very I know. Disappointed. I know. Huh? <laughs> it's shocking, yeah, I, was I know. Ver- yeah, I was very, very disappointed. I said, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And I almost quit being a paranormal investigator and almost went back into the comic book business. And it was this one house in Citrus Heights, and they told me to go ahead and take some scouts. Ghost Hunters in training over there. So I took 15 scouts over there. And I said, I don't know why we're investigating this place because I've already been here. We didn't get no EVPs, nothing. It's not even haunted. And the owner at the time told me, Paul, it is haunted because um, we actually did an investigation. We got some EVPs there. And I go, really? Okay, well, I'll check it out. So she goes, well, it'll be good training for them. I said, all right. So I put five in, five scouts in one room, five in, five scouts in another room. And ten of them were falling asleep because nothing was happening. So I went into this one room with five scouts, and you can hear a little girl giggling. And I said, wow, you can actually hear this girl giggling. 
So that's always I creepy. Said, Are you guys? Huh? What's that? Jessica? That's always a little. That's always a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. And I was looking at scouts. I go, "Are you guys hearing this?" And they go, "Yeah, we're hearing that. We're recording it." And she giggles again. I said, "Wow, she's no more than three feet in front of me. She must be sitting on the corner of this bed, but I'm not seeing her." And and so she giggles again. I put my head down to where the giggle was, and I go, "Hello," and she goes, "Hello." And I go, holy crap. And so I brought everything. Yeah. (laughs) So right there, I became a believer. And I brought all the scouts in there. I said, oh, my God, this is happening. This is happening. So we were over there doing a seance. And while we're doing the seance, the walls are starting to, they sound like they were just ripping down the sides there. Um, There was like a series of hard knocks on the walls. And all 15 scouts are running out the door. And I had, to, I had to get them back in. I said, we have to reconvene. This is a breakthrough. I said, we must continue on. So I got them all back. We're doing the seance again. Mind you, there's five walkie-talkies on the floor. floor. And one walkie-talkie turns on, and it's a man's voice. And he goes, get out. And all 15 are running out the door again. And... So at that point in time, the occupant looks at me. She goes, Paul, she goes, I have to live here. Maybe we should stop. I go, okay, we'll stop. And she goes, you can spend the night here. I go, really? Okay, cool. So I spent the night there. We have video camera running through the whole night. And as I'm laying on the bed, you can hear like a little tapping on the uh, headboard. You can hear a woman say, Paul, Paul, Paul. And you can hear a man mumbling. And you can hear a little boy, uh, like he's moaning at the foot of the bed. And I slept through the whole thing. And that was an amazing, amazing place. Since I've you been, slept through the uh, whole thing? I slept through the whole thing. And since I've been Jesus. an investigator with 800 investigations, I've seen something like four full-body apparitions. Oh, really? See, mm-hmm. the... the to, for me, it's a, it's a little hard to believe in an afterlife because I've never seen uh, a ghost myself. I've seen a UFO in the sky, so I believe in aliens. I believe there's something there. Uh, it's just a little tough for me to believe. Now, when you saw your your full body apparitions, uh, you know how did they? I mean, did they acknowledge your presence? They they interact with you? How did that go? Um, well, the first one, <clears throat> the first one. I actually was at this old house that was built back in the 1800s on the second floor. Uh-huh. I was taking pictures, and I was taking a picture of a huge red orb. And this red orb was about six feet tall. I mean, that's, that orb was That's huge. a big orb. That's was, a big orb. Yeah, that's a big orb. It was going from the left-hand side of the house to the right-hand side and down the steps. So a series of pictures has this huge red orb going from the left to the right, and down the steps towards me. Okay, so I'm holding the camera. I go, wow, that is really incredible. So I'm talking to the two ladies, and I look up, and there's a woman in a bathrobe. There's nobody up there. There's a woman in a bathrobe, and she's walking from one loft to the other loft, and she's barefooted, and she has, like, dirty blonde hair. And I'm like a deer in headlights. I'm holding the camera to my chest, and... I'm just fascinated at what I'm seeing. And the two ladies are still talking, and they're, 
they're oblivious to what is actually going on. And then all of a sudden, I raise the camera, snap, and I get nothing. And I said, did you guys see that? They go, see what? I go, oh, my gosh, there was a full-body after And they go, sure, Paul. I, I saw it. I like, saw sure, it. we believe you. Sure. Paul needs to take a nap, I think. Paul's been working with <laughs> But I think that more, more or less was residual. But I did see a full-body apparition of an Italian man in the mausoleum. And I was with Chantel at the time. And Chantel was actually behind me. And I could see the full-body apparition of an Italian man. looked like an Italian man with a long nose, and he had folded arms, and he was, like, staring at me very mean. I said, oh, wow. I said, Chantal, I don't think we're supposed to be here because uh, I think the carrot keeper is telling us we need to leave just with his looks, and I'm very sorry, sir. I'm looking at the viewfinder. I look up, and there's nobody there. I go, Chantal, oh, my God. I said, this Italian <laughs> man, he's on my viewfinder, but I'm looking over the camera. He's not there. Chantal goes, Paul, stop it because now you're making me scared. <laughs> and she's a psychic? <laughs> huh? Is she psychic? Yeah, she's a psychic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This oh, is not I'm supposed serious. to scare the you. psychic. <laughs> I know. That's funny. Oh, my God. I actually got them both here. If you, Oh, my God. Chantel, I mean, Chantel, she did this incredible thing. Um, that was over in Sacramento, and that's when I knew that Chantel was actually a, a psychic. Anyway, we're at this house, and she goes outside, and she starts throwing up. I go, you got the flu or something, Chantel? She goes, no, no, no. She goes, I'm at 100%, and I'm actually picking up something in the house. And she starts turning blue in the face, and she, like, looks over in the corner, and she starts describing this little boy. And the little girl... I starts crying, and I go, what are you crying about? And she goes, she's talking about my boyfriend. He was killed in a, a gang shooting or whatever. Oh, and wow. I said, what? And Chantel's describing this kid to, in full details, clothes that he's wearing, his hair, everything else. And the dude is floating on the ceiling. And uh, as she's communicating with this little boy, all of a sudden, she goes, he's telling me that you need to go back to her. There's this purse, and the color is so-and-so, and inside of it is a white candle. The little girl runs to the bedroom, pulls out that purse that she's talking about, and sure enough, there's a white candle. Chantel has not been exploring the house. She's only been in that living room, but yet she knew about this purse off in the bedroom. So that was like one one incredible, right there at that point. I mean, I deal with a lot of psychics, and a lot of times I, I, I don't even believe them. And a lot of them are sham artists. I've worked with some of the best sham artists, uh, psychics. <laughs> and, and I tested them, and I knew they were shams. But Chantel, I have to admit, is a, a legit uh, psychic. Her sister, Monique, she impresses me. Sometimes it's like I have to clear my mind because Monique will be telling me what I'm thinking about. And it's not that's not good. So that's not that's uh, not a good way to have a friendship with somebody when they know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but Monique is over here dying to tell you about that UFO story. Uh, yeah, you, you know what? Put her on the, real quick. Put her on the phone. I'm dying to hear about this UFO story. Okay, okay, okay. T- tell them about okay. 
Okay. By the way, uh, guys, you're listening to uh, Monique. She's going to join us here on Skywatchers Radio on the Dark Matter Radio Network. We've been talking to Paul Dale Roberts, and now Monique is going to share her UFO encounter story. Monique, are you there? I like it. Yes, I am, and happy Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas um, to you, my dear. Thank you so very much. This one was really kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if anybody knows where Cash Creek is, just no. past the Cape Valley. When I was uh, listed in an area called Gwenda, there's no lights out there. There's a few um, farms here and there, but they're about mm, two to five miles apart. So you have a beautiful view of the stars okay. at night. Um, this was a hot August night. I was staying to help out with the horses, and so um, a tin um, roof for the little... Basically, it's an RV. They have like a tin roof. So very, very hot. Decided to go outside and watch the stars. Beautiful, tons and tons of stars. I see all of a sudden these yellow eyes, and there's like a dozen yellow eyes. They're running really, really quickly towards the direction I was in. And they very much stood out. I realized there was coyotes coming this way. So I grabbed the cat, which had a name called Kitty Gato, English, Spanish, it sounds Japanese. So I'm calling Kitty Gato. I grab her, run back in the house. Um, a few minutes later, you hear all the gunshots going down the canyon. Everybody's trying to chase the coyotes away from the um, livestock up and down the canyon. At that point, you know, it's all calm. It's far enough away. I feel comfortable. I'm back out looking at the stars. As I'm watching these beautiful, gorgeous stars, the temperature slightly changes. This mist rolls over. Now, normally when mist and fog comes over, there's a waterway. It's an accumulation of water. We never had mist in the specific place that I was at. So, long story short, the mist goes away. I'm looking at the stars, but there's only four stars left. It was almost Uh like a cloaking device. Thousands of stars, mist comes in, temperature changes, mist goes away, like four stars left. That was the experience. You know, it wasn't the crazy yellow eyes because you're out in the country. You expect the unexpected. However, you do not expect to be... Is that the only time you see lights in the sky like that? No, 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 no. In that area specifically, on the other side... Mm -hmm. um, you have the area where Travis Air Force Base does a lot of test flying. On the other side is Napa Petaluma. Mm-hmm. So there's like a huge canyon in that area. Shortly after this experience, however, that whole valley caught on fire. Um, but at that time, there was hovering, um, like I couldn't figure out, now a plane cannot take two hours to go down straight and then another one come up, you know, like a quarter mile over to the right, just shooting out like light orbs. I was trying to figure out, is this a plane? Is this this? Is this that? And constantly kind of watching this area because you would notice stuff like shrubs moving. So you realize that they're doing military maneuvers out there, you know, and trying to do the camouflage thing. But the light thing I could not figure out and the stars being there and not being there was extremely strange, and cylinders of light that looked like giant flashlights coming from the sky, but nothing above it, walking Hmm. around, you know, and we had 100 acres, which was nothing. 
in comparison to how far you could go out and see, you know, the the way that the moonlight and the light would light up the crevices in this basin that surrounded it. It was this light, um, luminous, glowy feeling already. So without all the city lights that cause distractions, you're not hearing sirens, you're not hearing, you know, and God forbid anybody drives up. When you're living out in the country like that, people are scared to death to drive five miles up to find a house. They just don't do it. They're picking heels on ice, freaky stuff. So when people live there, you have a different type of security. You're not afraid that somebody's going to sneak up on you. You can fall asleep on a lawn chair out front and be very comfortable. So it wasn't a matter of hysteria. It wasn't this and that. And I tried to get my father, who at the time was like 67, to go out there. And he's like, me, I used to think there was that many stars. <laughs> and he was trying to give me some explanation about the atmosphere, you know, could be doing this and that and, you know, doing anything he can. And his brother, my uncle, is a Ph.D. and also happened to work for NASA. So mm. he was taught at a very young age that if you take a stick in the shape of a Y and keep your perspective, there's going to be a certain amount of movement, but everything has to be even. If you right. have something zipping in and out between that space, it could possibly be other than, you know, what you expect. And UFO does stand for unidentified flying objects. Well, in my opinion, I don't know if it was government or not, and if it is, they have, Star Trek had nothing on them because what I saw was extremely real. I will mm. never doubt what I saw. It was real. A million stars, and then only like four or five. Yeah, no. And the I, only difference in between was not, you know, it was moments, moments. That's, so a, that's no an way incredible our story. Like that. Have, Monique, have you ever done any sh- uh, channeling yourself uh, and try to channel like ET beings? Um, some. I'm okay. For a long time, we tried to go ahead and be normal kids. Okay. But myself, myself and my sisters and my mother and my aunts and my grandma, we had this ability. We had this type of mom that can just look at us, and we knew that we were screwing up or we were being good. You know, <laughs> Same as my mother. Dad, all the emotions, you know. <laughs> One of those type of mothers, and God forbid, if she ever raised an eyebrow. So in this, it enlightened our senses. We didn't have all the plastic toys, you know, and iPads and Googles, you know. Right. And half the time, being Native American mainly, um, we grew up in, you know, I was born in 68. So we were up and down California. My mother was Native American and a flower child. So oh, we wow. lived on all kinds of reservations and communes and saw a lot of unexplainable events that made us very, very strong. But it entombed us more so with how to um, observe things. So we observe a little bit more. And my um, very good friend that I've known since I was 15 says, well, Monique, of course you're going to observe this and you're going to observe that and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Don't get too full of yourself. But it is to the point where, you know, I understand body language or something enough where I could walk into a room and without realizing it, I just start going blah, 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 blah. And the most obscure, strangest thing, and it only applies to the person's house that we're in. And then there's other times I cannot speak a word. And I just feel like, you know, I have complete autism. 
just utter well, nothing. Why, why do you so, think that is, though? Why do you think you freeze up and you can't say a word? I think there's times for us to speak, and then I think mm. there's times where we really got to think about what Mark Twain said, and we can't <laughs> argue amongst yeah. us. You know? And so um, to protect myself, I learned how to put a shield around myself. Gotcha. Um, one thing I'm really good at is spotting danger, but I have no fear. And what I realized, if you do believe in God, you know, and if you do believe in those type of entities, that, wait a second, fear, is, you know, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Your energy, what we protect, project, is our own projection. Now, here's and the same it question. Matter, that... Is it alive or dead? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, it doesn't matter if we're alive or dead. The energy, true energy, has a force of its own. You're going to attract negative or positive. If you attract positive, then you're going to project, you know, um, a shield. Right. And help those persons that when you look in their eyes, you know, they might be homeless or they might be just isolated or shut in, whatever it is. But when we take the time to look in their eyes, What's really going on? And you take a moment, you know, to do that. If we have pets, we take a moment for our pets. Why can't we do that for another human being? Well, they, they so, do say that the uh, window to the soul is the eyes. Mm-hmm. So, real quick question, uh, not to sidetrack you too much, we're running short on time, but I did want to ask you uh, something that I asked Paul Dale Roberts earlier, and I asked our first uh, segment with uh, Dr. Joseph Mara that we had on earlier. Uh, do you think that it's all interconnected, and do you think that aliens and ghosts and demons, and it's all really one phenomenon, and we're just kind of discovering uh, the phenomenon, it's all right now the tip of the iceberg for what really might, might be go on, going on, and can psychics like yourself and other uh, people who actually have an ability, uh, do a little bit more to actually bridge that gap to where we maybe have disclosure because of what you can do compared to what the government knows. Well, um, thank you for asking that question. <laughs> That's a loaded um, actually, question. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's a perfect, wonderful question because um, being who I am and being in the family that I am, Mm-hmm. Um, we were always told that um, we are the children of God. We always knew that we were protected in the Ark of the Covenant of God. So even as a nuclear explosion happens in front of us, we are protected within God. It is our job to be light, even in the darkest areas. Mm. Now, when my mother would become very, very upset at me, she used to say, your father was an alien, you know. Of course, I was a horrible little teenager. So this is like, okay, well, wait a minute. I'm up in Humboldt, and I'm checking my mail, and there's nobody around. I mean, empty, empty, like three building town. Midnight, I'm checking my mail. A lady comes and taps me on my shoulder, and she goes, your mother's a mermaid, and your father was a fallen angel. And then the lady disappeared. What the heck is that? But that's been happening since I was very, very little. Since I've been very little, I've been able to have more understanding of people, but expected at a higher level to be responsible for not only my own actions, but to look for the best in people and let them know. Make a connection, make a hug. At Denny's last week, I think I got five hugs from total strangers, and they all see something in me, but just as I can be very nice, I get my feelings hurt, and it gets lost too. 
I try to be on the better side of that. As far as aliens go, I think they've always been around us. But do you think it's the same kind of phenomenon? Do you think it's all interconnected to um, yes, you know, yes, ghost realms? When I was very little, okay, residual. I was taught that there's real and then there's residual. Mm. Residuals, think about the shutter effect, okay? Any given time in the plant's history, a bird flies over, the sun, there's a crystal. You know, maybe it's amber in a tree that's crystallized. The shutter effect happens, and that crystal keeps the memory. When we walk through an old building, sometimes the memories get caught within the glass. The sun projects just right. We walk by. We're seeing a projected image that was caught within the crystal with with old things. So we are seeing a reflection of we get frightened of what we do not understand. But if we do open up ourselves and realize, wait a second, we are all interconnected and we need to stop being afraid of things and realize that we are perfect in who we are. After all, God did not waste his time making you or me. So we have to look into things and not say, oh, well, this person's crazy and that person's crazy because there is explanation. Is there evil? Well, you know there's evil. Everybody in this world has seen some kind of form of evil because otherwise the craziness does not make sense. Well, when you, when you say evil... a wonderful person before. Well, no, when you say evil, though, do you... Real, real, real quick, do you, when you say evil, do you mean evil as a, a spirit form like the devil controlling the, the planet evil or just like an evil entity <laughs> that controls all mankind or are we just inherently evil within ourselves? Like, it, like I think we have me. a choice. I think we have a choice. But have I seen real evil? Oh, yeah. Okay. To the point where I can walk down any dark alley, and I don't care if they have guns, hammers, brooms, you know, you name it. I am not afraid to walk down the street anywhere. Because, yes, unfortunately, at times, I was born in 1968, okay? And not that you get too emotional about this. But during the times where I had lived, I don't know if you're familiar with the family, but after a certain person went to prison, part of the commune that I was in was the family. Which family were we talking about? I know which one she's talking about. Yeah, okay. Yes, okay. And I don't want to get into all of that, but the person that went to prison was nothing but a puppet. They made him look like, you know, cream cheese served with strawberries. And those were things that took years and years. So have I seen evil? Oh, yeah. But it's my job not to absorb those things. It's my job in this life for me as my human to be the best person I can be. My events that occurred, those were just events events in the environment that I witnessed. So the only way that I can make it through was not become bitter or jaded and help lesser persons than I. So that's, yeah, I do believe in evil. I've seen it firsthand. Well, I, I completely agree. I think there is an, an, an uncurable evil in this planet. And yes. It's, uh, unfortunately, yes. it's uncurable because we're all kind of inherently uh, objected to having it within us. Uh, listen, we're, we're almost out of time here, and but it's a shame because I, I can do... Work. Love this work, okay? I, really I, could, I, could, I could go on another hour with you easily, but we're almost out of time. I, I just want to thank you so much for uh, being with us, Monique. And, and Paul Dale Roberts, also for being our guest here with us uh, for most part of the uh, the second hour. 
Um, you're lovely, okay. and we'll definitely we'll definitely love to have uh, you know all of you guys back on. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for being with us. We are just about two minutes before we have to get going. Just want to let everybody know oh, uh, real quick. Uh, give everybody your your website address so everybody who wants to get a hold of you and find out your about your research. Uh, let them know how to get to you. And okay, sounds good. It's www.jasmaonline.com. Once again, thank you, Paul. And guys, we'll be back next Tuesday on Skywatchers Radio. Good night.